Hello. Welcome to IntelliCast. I'm so upset. We never get the music anymore. When are we going to bring the music back, Brian? When the adapter for our Zoom recorder works, and it's not yet. So. <laughs> I feel like it brings like 10% more pep to me when I hear the music, and I need more pep. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. That's an old school opening, probably. Um, thanks for listening to IntelliCast. Um, you can reach us on IntelliCast at EMI-RS.com. Follow us on Twitter, EMI underscore research, or IntelliCast1. And people threaten to text us all the time. They don't text us. So let's have a text, 513-401-5463. Um, joining me today, uh, as always, our Chief Marketing Officer, Brian Peterson. Hello, Brian. How are you, sir? I'm good. How about you? I'm glad you make it a point now to say, as always, after I had to call you out on it a couple times. You know what I mean? It sounded like you were iffy on whether you'd ever be back again. Yeah. Um, also joining us today, special guest. Has been, it's been too long. Our chief sales officer, Jason Enterhees. <laughs> I love all these chiefs. It's really good. It's really good. Thank you. Yeah. It'd be good to be back, especially in person. Yeah. We're, we're semi in person today. Miss the banter. You can punch me if I say something <laughs> wrong. Um, and then, as Slap. always, we're in a. That's right. We're in a world of slapping now. Will Smith took it to a different level. We're not right. punching. Slap me, and I'll just kind of go along with my day. Um, and I'm your chief insights officer, always here, Brian Lamar. Uh, thanks for listening today. We're going to talk a lot about conferences, as man, April is full of conferences. So here's a little preview. Um, between Jason and I, we're going to three conferences next month, and we're going to preview that, and we have some news. Um, Brian, where should we start? Uh, let's jump into the news. We only have a couple stories to talk about. First off, Nielsen share, shareholders and the board rejected a $15 billion unsolicited bid from a private equity consortium. What do you guys think about that? Do you want to go or me? I can go. Sure. Yeah, go ahead. I, it's, it's interesting. I mean, it would have been a huge acquisition, right? $15 billion. And it was kind of funny that Nielsen, you know, just reading through it, not moving forward, kind of turned their nose up at it. Uh, completely undervalued. They mentioned undervaluing them significantly, <laughs> right? Um, which is uh, interesting at $15 billion. Looks, um, looks like this is far from they were, where they would need to be, uh, you know, for any type of major acquisition or merging or anything like that. So it's interesting to see ripples in the water with one of the largest players in the industry, but it seems like it's a deal that's absolutely not going to happen um, and really, really far apart from each other right now. Yeah, that's my take. Like, how far have we come when a market research company turns down fifteen billion? Yeah, yeah there's that's there's incredible. There. So, yeah, that's my take too. Um, we'll see what happens with them. There's lots of rumors going around with them and some other companies. So, I expect some news this year. If they're turning down fifteen billion, are they? They got eighteen billion in the, yeah. out there somewhere. I don't know. This is always one of those topics that, like, I, I feel like we could do a whole like podcast or like a telecast on that top like on mm -hmm. mergers and acquisitions they're going to happen it's just kind of like trying to piece the puzzle together to figure out where they're jumping out next yeah but uh, to see nielsen's name thrown around that's um that's that's a big place to start well nielsen has such they're one of the kind of heritage brands of marketing research that kind of one of the few that kind of extended beyond our little bubble <clears throat> And especially with, you know, people have heard of them probably through the TV ratings and they have an amazing panel of people that do diaries. Um, and yeah, a lot of people notice the Nielsen ratings. And so, you know, have been around forever and they've just continued to grow and make big moves and 
continue to be leaders in the industry. So that's clearly sought after. But you know, fifteen billion, uh, that's yeah. jump change. Yeah, absolutely. Especially from PE form. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Next up, Escalant has acquired Mercator Advisory Group to expand their financial services expertise. What do you guys think about that? Um, we have a lot of friends over at Escalant up there, and um, exciting news for them. Always good when I see people. You know, I have know a lot of people, fond of a lot of people that work there, and um, it's always good to see them make an acquisition to improve their insights. So I'm not sure how this will play out, but this is, I think this is really good and helps them become closer to their clients and be have more insights is what I would say. Yeah, I would agree. It's uh, I can't, you know, super fond of some of the folks over there as well. No, I won't say some, all of the folks at Escalant. <laughs> I, won't be, I won't be picky with my people at Escalant. No, they're good folks and, and a pleasure to work with. We've got a strong partnership there. So um, it's interesting that obviously we were just talking about M&A, so just kind of continuing that type of news. Looks like a pretty complimentary piece um, to we know you know the existing um, Escalant offering in that financial space or in the banking and payment space. So um, yeah, seems like a seems like a complimentary piece, and with them combining their expertise of Mercator, um, seems like a great fit and great folks we can have a strong partnership with. Like I mentioned, so congrats to their team. Next up, Pure Profile has integrated Sample Ninja's panel management solution into its data collection systems. So this one's a little more close to our sample industry home. Yeah, we talked just before the call. Um, we know Tariq. I'm a big fan of Tariq and Sample Ninja. And we, we spoke to them a couple of years ago as they're building this out. And I'm, I'm happy to see them kind of grow and expand because I think they have a great offering. Um, he's super smart. And I think he understands the needs of people um, that are using, need this kind of software. And so, you know, we know Pure Profile of well, as well. They've been our partner of ours for a long time. So that's a good merger, I think. Yeah, it did give me a little bit of a different perspective. Just made me think of things a little differently. Like we don't know a whole lot while we work with and we partner with, you know, hundreds of these different panels and communities and database. We really don't know what their inner workings of their like <laughs> yeah. internal tools look like. Um, and we got a sneak peek into that, like you mentioned a couple of years ago when we went through the demo of Sample Ninja. Um, with Tariq and the technology was fantastic. I'll, I'll plug that real quick. Yes. Um, it was definitely a kind of state of the art from what I've been exposed to anyhow in the panel management software space. And plus Tariq is like the easiest person in the world to talk to. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really cool. Um, it is interesting to see like a staple panel that we've been partners with for well over a decade and Pure Profile make kind of a significant change in their platform. But um, you know, from what I saw with the the technology that they're moving towards, it's uh, looks like a looks like a solid move. Very good. All right, and then our final news story. This came out yesterday, as we were recording today. It the Insights Association has launched a year long internship program to help encourage greater diversity, called the Ideator Fellowship Program. Yeah, so I have a little bit of insight to this as being on the board of our chapter, and especially a shout out to um, Dana Jones and to Sherry Dansby. They're both on the IDEA Council at National, and um, I'm sure had a lot to add to this ideator. And so super excited to see this expand kind of nationwide. And, you know, Damon and some others had this idea here locally in Cincinnati a couple of years ago. We're implementing that now in Cincinnati. It's called the MAP program. Uh, we could probably send out a link 
um, to that as well. We're, we're proud of that and glad to see something rolling out nationally too. And the, the it mentioned some spot, who are the companies that are doing this? I want to call them out. Um, Adelphi, yep. Escalant, Gongos, CMB. Uh, there's, there's a couple others. Schlesinger. Were yeah, okay. yeah. you going off memory? Good job. Um, Schlesinger, Ignite360, Escalant again, um, Torfac and Zappy. So yeah, yeah. good job for all of them to step up and um, excited to see what where this leads our industry, I think, mm-hmm. because what I've learned, and you know, the, Brian, I want you to speak to this too. You went to a career fair recently, maybe. Yep. Yeah. Tell us about your experience there. So I was there with uh, two other of our MAP participating organizations, uh, Leanne from Directions and Damon from Burke. Um, and it was a bit eye-opening because we talked to a lot of people and the opening question we always did was, well, what do you know about market research? And you kind of got the look and it was like, I don't know anything. And once you gave them like that 60 second elevator pitch of the industry, you could see the, ins- the excitement light up. Like, oh, I never even thought of that. That's really cool. I want to explore more. So, yeah. and, th- and we went to, this was at a college that we haven't normally recruited from prior. To and so, and yep. uh, so, what we're doing a map and we've talked about this before we, we should probably have damon or somebody on but we're going to universities we've never really recruited from before we know that companies in cincinnati we have a plethora of options to recruit from incredible programs at miami university university of cincinnati nku we've all built relationships with professors and programs and have just an amazing hiring funnel and map is really like well taking a look at maybe we're missing out on a chunk of people that don't even, aren't aware of, of marketing research that are talented can bring new perspectives to it. And so we're going to a lot of different, not just um, colleges and universities, but we're looking even within, like University of Cincinnati is a giant college, looking at different type of courses and clubs within some colleges. And like you said, Brian, um, we're learning that a lot of people aren't even aware of our industry. Unless you have like, a, unless you're like a marketing major and you take a marketing research class, or you kind of stumble into it, um, you may not even be aware that there's all these amazing jobs out there. Well, I even talked to like four or five people that were marketing majors at this career fair and hadn't, that wasn't part of the courses they were taking. We're talking, there was one that was a marketing and math dual major. I love data analysis. Oh, really? Kind of pitched that. Oh, that would be, that's kind of exactly what I'm looking for. Yeah. Jason, we've left you out. Jump in. Oh, no. I, I would just honestly echo a lot of things that Eric had said. It obviously hits close to home with, you know, our recent involvement with, uh, like you mentioned, partnering with Directions and Burke and, and Market Vision here locally with the MAP program. Um, it's just great to see these types of programs continue, as you mentioned, especially on a national level, uh, to come to fruition. And, and with the backing of some of, you know, the major players, some of the companies we've already mentioned um, here locally, but then the ones you mentioned as well on this list for, for Ideator. Um, hopefully this is a trend that just continues to catch on and, and move our industry in a positive direction. Cause like you said, we are missing out. It's, it's, we're, you know, as an industry as a whole, we're not as diverse as we should be. And for an industry that preaches diversity among like our sample sets <laughs> yeah. and, you know, and, and try, strives to, to be as representative as possible. Um, it's interesting to find ourselves in a situation where, we might not be, you know, kind of wearing that hat when it comes from a hiring perspective. So um, it's, it's always great to be more inclusive and, and I love it. I, I, I think it's a great move. And again, I, I hope it's something that continues to catch on. Yeah. And with the Insights Association leading it, this will, 
this will put, I don't know if the word's pressure, it'll put a lot of um, attention towards what's being done nationally. And with MAP, I think we'll, we'll start being loud about MAP and, and, you know, challenge other cities to do what we're doing. And um, it's a national thing and it's a local thing. So we can kind of attack it a lot of different angles. Yeah. Brian, that's what I was just going to say is, are we going to see more of the local like alliances pop up similar to Cincinnati with MAP now that you have a national organization? Because we know there's several spots across the U.S. here that can easily do a program like we've done. Oh, you know, hey, Atlanta, come out there. We challenge the city of Atlanta. Come on, do a map. Or Dallas, you can do it, Dallas. Just because we're like a couple years behind Cincinnati doesn't mean you can't be successful at it. Chicago, Detroit, there's lots of cities out there. I'm going to throw the gauntlet down. Come on, text me. What? I was thinking Denver as well. Denver's a great one. Yeah, absolutely. There's lots of cities similar to Cincinnati that have a large marketing research presence and um, a lot of different universities you can recruit from. So a lot of opportunities there. I love that we're resorting to calling out <laughs> cities. Yeah, Atlanta, come on. Maybe we can bring Atlanta on the podcast so we can challenge them in person. <laughs> JC is going to be texting in. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you want to move on to our conference preview? Love to. All it's right. been a long time. I know. (laughs) To celebrate that we're talking about conferences. Oh my gosh. Uh, We did what? We've done one of these in the last like two years, something like that, conference preview. We did the little local um, Insights Association one that was here in Cincinnati. I think that's it in two plus years, over two years now. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just excited to see people in person. That's the main takeaway. I can probably say that for every one of these. I'm sure you could too. There are people I've I've become friends with over the last two years I've never met in person and excited to meet them in person. Uh, We've had a million people on the podcast the last two years that I can't wait to meet them in person. Um, People, old friends. Um, To me, that is the main thing is, you know, we're used to kind of seeing each other a lot, right? Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of us go to, are fortunate to go to two or three conferences a year and we see people in person and we travel to each other's cities and we try to carve out a little bit of time to see each other, even if it's just coffee or lunch or happy hour or dinner. And, you know, we're a small kind of industry that's really close, even though it's very competitive, it's very close and we've built really strong relationships. So I'll kick it off by saying, yes, I can't wait to... Hopefully I can give hugs. I'm not sure what we're supposed to do. <laughs> That's what I was just thinking. Like, are, you, are, you, are we fist bumping? Are we shaking hands? Are we right. high-fiving, elbow hugs? Like what's, I'm sure it's a mix depending on yeah. level of comfortability, but. I'm sure you feel the same way, right? Absolutely. I mean, I, I haven't, some of these people, I haven't been to a conference aside from the little local one here in Cincinnati. It's been two years, right? And yeah. that's, you were that's at a the, long... Jason, you were at the New York one literally the week before the country got shut down. Yes, yes, quirks in uh, in in Brooklyn. You're right, and that was um, yeah, that was an it. It just seems so 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 long ago. It's hard to believe that that was literally the last time that I've I've seen some of these folks, and um, I can't wait to get back to you know in the in the conference circuit and then you know seeing people in person and and you know like you mentioned, Brian, some of these folks we've been working with for. Well, over a year, we've never even met him face to face. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, the old friendships that, you know, people have transitioned to different companies. Um, you know, our, our, our industry is uh, well known for people moving around. So there are pe- people in different titles, different companies, so on and so forth. 
And um, yeah, I can't wait. It's gonna be it's gonna be really really good. Um, so what should we start with? We're going to a few. Yeah. Let, well, let's go in order of how they're kind of coming up in April. So coming up April fourth through sixth in Philadelphia is the Insights Association annual conference. Brian, you are going to be heading there. Um, what are some of the session, sessions you're most looking forward to? I know I looked at the agenda and I picked out a couple that I thought looked interesting, but what are your thoughts on that before I kind of get into the ones I listed? But honestly, uh, separately, I pulled the ones that I like and they were the same. Um, so that was, we're on the same wavelength. I think with Insights Association, I'm excited to go there with a lot of the leaders of the Insights Association, especially Melanie, and because they're driving a lot of these sessions are around standards and uh, the future of the industry and the Insights Association is really leading there. So um, a lot of the sessions are surrounding that. So like the state of the industry um, with Julie Curd and Kay Fuentes, I hope I said that name right, um, and Melanie Courtright, that's the, that's the kickoff session. That's the first one. I'm real excited about that. And throughout, there's a lot of things like around, we just talked about diversity, about standardization of how we even ask like ethnicity questions. I'm really excited about that because I, I literally had a conversation about an hour ago about how to ask this and what's what's the best way to ask it for respondents um, and how do you look at the data when with certain things with ethnicity. And that's to me, that's one of the core things we should be um aligning on is basic question on how you ask, you know, ethnicity. That's so important to what we do. Um, so that's the first one. Um, other ones that I'm really excited about, and I have to refer to my notes, so I apologize. Um, the how to ask demographic questions and race and ethnicity, that, that's the name of that session. And then what's driving insights where opportunities and challenges exist. And that's with Jamin Brazil. And, you know, we're huge fans of Jamin. And so I'm really excited to see what he has to say. Um, those are a few of them, but I think every session is really important. And there's a ton of brands at this Insight Association conference. So I'm really surprised that they've really done a great job of, you know, I think originally the Insight Association and MRA was really designed to help research companies be better research companies. And now it's kind of evolving into how do we um, do better research how do we all work together, brands, researchers, and um, organizations like the IA to improve research and provide better insights for better decision-making? And so there's so many brands there. I couldn't believe all the brands that names that are going to be there. So I'm excited about all of this stuff. Um, haven't been in Philadelphia in a long time, so I'm kind of excited to, um, to get there as well. Right. Did I miss anything from your list? No, those were the exact three I had. Um, that demographic question one I put on there because I think that's a conversation we've been having in the office and with our diversity team for it feels like cup for months now I'm trying to figure that yeah. out so yeah so that's um, I'll be driving there the third um, so if you're listening to this I'm there on Sunday night and then my, my dog and I will be there in Philadelphia so if you see a little bulldog running around downtown Philadelphia um, that's probably me Jason what about you any on that list that are kind of pique your interest yeah, there were a lot of the same ones that you guys were talking about, really. Um, there was one, I'm just looking for it. Um, there were some AI pieces. I'm just interested to see what role that plays, especially, I mean, it's been around for a couple of years. We know it's going to kind of shape the industry and move it in a different direction. We don't really see that play out as much as I think, or as quickly 
um, and as significantly as I thought it would, especially in the market research world. Um, so I'd be interested to see some of those. Um, I am, I'm failing to find the other one that uh, it was Meta, oh, Meta yeah. and I, th I thought it was on day one, but I'm not seeing it. Data abundance, opportunities and challenges in market research. There, yes. Yeah. That's it's exciting. Gene Pingator, yeah. So that, I think that would be super interesting. But yeah, I mean, obviously a couple of the other ones that you had already mentioned, um, the state of the industry is always one that hits pretty close to home given our, you know, we've got a, our own sample landscape that we put out on an annual basis. So it's interesting to see the, the overlap and the unique perspectives um, outside of the ones that we put out as well. So. And Jason, you may appreciate this. There's a networking event at Victory Brewing Company. I'm not sure if you've been there, but I will be there and I'll think of you while I'm having a beer. I've not been there. I am very jealous. I will say there is a, this is getting off on a craft beer tangent, but um, there is a place in Philadelphia. It, the name of it is escaping me right now, but they have on draft and on tap Pliny the Elder. And Pliny the Elder is a beer that's brewed by Russian River Brewing. Um, way out on the West Coast, you can't get it anywhere near. It's a super, super limited release. And uh -huh. it just happens to be available at this hole in the wall place in Philadelphia. And that's I'm awesome. Super envious. I will find the name of it and you should go have a pint of it because it is fantastic beer. I'll do that. So plug for Russian River, apparently. <laughs> on our are we, are we boy, we're not boycotting Russian River beer? That, just for the name, no. Okay. Oh, yeah. Jason, you know? is it? Tap room on 19th. That may be it. I need to do a little homework there. Uh, I, I just went to, I just Googled it and that's what popped up. So on like Philly Tap Finder, if you're looking for that Pliny the Elder. You got it. You got it. All right. There was one other one that I thought interesting. It was more of, they actually have someone from Lego, the toys Lego yeah. coming to talk. That's kind of the first I've seen them come on any of these conference circuits. So I'm curious of what they're going to talk about because their session is, at Lego, the future of family fun. So is it like how they're, they're shifting what their core is for Lego? Because if you're looking at it now, you have Legos for just about everybody. There's, yeah. if you're into comics, they have Marvel, Star Wars, Mario, stuff for girls, adults, everything. So. Well, well that's a, this is a good point because it's important for us on the supply side to listen to the clients and this will be the first time to hear a bunch of clients and their research needs and what they're going through. Kind of, I'm not saying we're post COVID, but I think we're on third base hopefully on COVID. And we're, we're seeing what this new world is and what brands need in terms of insights. That may be very different than it looked like two and a half years ago. And so it's really important for researchers to all of these conferences to kind of be in part of the conversation to listen. This is our chance to listen to a lot of clients in a short amount of time and see how we might need to pivot, um, uh, not just in sampling, but in all areas of marketing research. Man, how's that for sitting on a soapbox? Fantastic. With the sessions we've talked about, Brian, and you've mentioned seeing people in person, is there anything else you're looking forward to as you're heading to Philly? Um, a good meal, Jeez, honestly. <laughs> Really, it's one of the best parts of, to be of going to a conference is you have a long day, networking, you're running around, you're absorbing content. Um, I like to go relax for a few minutes and I typically like to have a nice dinner somewhere and relax with peers in the industry. And that's usually a couple of people I know and hopefully it's somebody I don't know I can meet and get to know and kind of um, have um, a less serious discussion where you get to know somebody and build that relationship. 
And a lot of time you're doing that while breaking bread, right? You have a beer in your hand, you have a steak or whatever you really like to eat. And to me, that's where some of the strongest relationships I've built have been in that situation where your guard's down, nobody's kind of in a cell mode or um, all these distractions you have in the lobby of a conference, but you can sit down and have a real conversation and get to know somebody. I've built great, incredible relationships. I can't wait to see Katie Gross, for example, who I've shared a meal with multiple times and got to know her pretty well. We have lots of inside jokes with each other. Um, I have so much respect for her as a researcher, but I like her personally. And to me, that's where you really build trust in, in this industry is to, you know, you don't just show up and try to sell somebody on whatever product you're selling and the latest technique you have. You really understand what a person, what makes them tick and build that relationship because that, that just builds so much trust. I wasn't expecting to say that in this podcast, but I'm honestly looking forward to that part of it. Yeah. Awesome. You guys want to move on to the next one coming up on April 11th and 12th in Chicago, which is Quirk Chicago. So I'm jealous you're going to this, Jason. Hmm? I'm jealous you're going to this one. I'm not. Oh, you're not even going to this no, one. it's Andrew and uh, Matthew are going to this one. Oh, oh, we're doing this one without either of us being there. Okay. Yeah. So what? looking at the agenda there, what are some of those sessions you would be most excited about? Well, this is the obvious one. I'm sure you have this on your list, Jason. I'll steal it from you. Which one? The Improving Niche B2B Sample Quality. Dang it, Brian. With Simon Kutcher. And, you know, we know Simon Kutcher, and we obviously know a lot about um, all of those words, um, niche, B2B, sample quality. All of those words um, are very close to us. And so I really wish, I hope that our team sits in there um, on that one. That's uh, obviously near and dear to our heart. Not every researcher should probably be in that one that does anything close to B2B. Yeah, I was reading through kind of the details of it. And it is interesting because they talk about buying from expert networks. They talk about buying from traditional double up in panels and, you know, some of the pros and cons. And we've, we've went through that in one of our webinars for, for B2B sample, right? There's just a wide variety. And quite frankly, the quality ranges, you know, from, from what we're accustomed to, to extremely highly vetted, you know, experts in different space or in the, in the market research world. And it's... It's interesting to see, it's going to be interesting to see a client perspective on that because they are on, we're kind of on the selling side and they have a buyer's perspective there. And I can only imagine like the differences, right? Like we, yeah. we sit in a seat to where we get to represent all of the above and we try to do so with an unbiased kind of approach, but from the buyer side, we don't get that perspective. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what Simon Kutcher and I think it's Lynn uh, Pelicano, I believe specifically that's going to be presenting. And um, she's extremely intelligent and she's amazing in this space. Yeah. So looking to see, um, just get her perspective and, and, and see um, what that session looks like. But yes, you're, you're 100% accurate, Brian. That's the one that I would be completely engrossed in. What about you, Brian? Any that come to mind? There's a, there's a, the thing about Quirks <laughs> is Quirks is like, it's just crazy. Um, you have so many options these quick 20 minute presentations. There's five rooms going at once. And when I went, I, it, was, it was almost like a little bit of anxiety, but in a good way that, all right, I have to run to room one between 9.30 9 and 9.30. And then I somehow I get to get to room three by going through the um, open area where there's a million suppliers and all these people trying to talk to you to get to the next room. And it's all day. I don't know how they do this. It's really crazy that you have five options 
every 30 minutes, literally for nine hours. Um, I could probably pick a million different things. There's so many. One thing that Quartz is great at is getting all these brands together. There could, I don't think there's, there can't be another conference that has more brands than Quartz. And they bring a million brands. I mean, Quaker, PepsiCo, Mars, Wrigley, um, let's see, Hometown Food Company, um, Johnsonville is there. Um, there's a million, Sara Lee, Frozen Bakeries there. Did I say Mars, Verizon, BET, all of them getting presentations. And it's just incredible. American Family Insurance, Ulta, Edward Jones. And so any brand presentation I would like to see um, because we're talking about research um, like this one, Ulta Beauty's approach to fast and flexible market research. That's, that's incredible, like fast and furious, fast, fast and flexible market research, that's where we're kind of heading. How does sample play a role in that? Um, how can EMI learn from what Ulta wants to do and provide better value to them? And there's so many of those sessions like that where you hear brands and what their needs are and we can kind of be there for them. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's one of them that I would like to see. But there's probably a million. I think there's one on hockey, isn't there, Brian? There is, and that's the one I put on the notes here because it's one, it's hockey related, so I'm in. But two, we're all sports fans on here. It has to do with taking it. The it's the director of performance psychology from the Chicago Blackhawks talking about how they're taking those tools they use for that and applying them to corporate mental health literacy. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah, it's an amazing session. <laughs> like, when else would you have an opportunity to see how sports analytics can apply to mental health and how corporate brands can leverage? That's incredible. Man, I would, I would pay good money. I might drive over there just to go to that one. Yeah, I figured I would talk to Matthew. Hey, can you go, like, film this? <laughs> yeah. Um, I know Burke and Seed Strategy are presenting as well, and some, some local people are, are speaking. Um, zooming, bouncing, and mashing a new agile approach for innovative qualitative research. Um, so our friends down the road, um, always want to support them as well. Looking through this, I kind of wish I was going. Yeah, it's really good. There's a ton of brands like you mentioned. Yeah. Then you guys ready for our last conference that comes up on the third week of April? From yes, April please. 19th to 20th in Austin is IIEX. And with this one, you guys are actually both attending. Y'all can so, have a good meal, maybe. What are we going to do oh in Austin? Gosh. Yeah, well, we've got to have some good, maybe Franklin's, some good barbecue. Yeah, there's so much good food there. <laughs> yeah, um, there's so much to talk about yeah. at IEX. It's one of my favorites, and it's it's the conference that I go to that I know the least amount of people typically, and it's a lot of newer companies, a lot of um, innovative companies trying to figure out how they can help marketing research companies, a lot of brands. Austin's incredible. Um, Lenny does an amazing job with this conference, and um, it's, it's just one of the best. I think one that I always look forward to, I think they're calling it the Green Book Pitch. And I want to be, a, by the way, I want to be a judge in this at some point. At some point as chief insights officer, maybe I've got to the point where I've earned a seat at that table. But basically, all these companies come in and give a pitch on um, their company and their new technique and how they're solving different problems in the industry. And there's been a lot of incredible winners of this in the past that are now hugely successful companies. Um, and so I always love listening to that because it's kind of cool, like saying just one guy and an idea um, and, you know, people giving good feedback to it. And unfortunately I've been in this industry long enough where I can see that one guy 
turn into like amazing company with like dozens of people and uh, providing services to the industry. So that's really cool. What an opportunity that is. That's cool of, of Green Book and IAX and wanting to do that. To just give an opportunity to people to just sell an idea. Like what? Is, I mean, it's kind of a basic concept, but it's really cool. They do it every year. So that's one thing. The Shark Tank. Yeah, the Shark Tank idea. Yeah, <laughs> it's really cool. It is. There are a couple um, other sessions coming up there too. One, I, I'll let you guys get to the session since you're going, but the Market Research Podcast Awards are going to be handed out there. They really embrace like podcasts. They're um, doing a ton of live podcasts. Like every podcaster in the industry, I think, will be there in person. So, you know, you could be starstruck with all the amazing <laughs> podcasters. Um, and yet the podcast awards are there. Um, don't expect us to win. Um, although we have to be like the, we probably have the most episodes of any podcast in the industry. Maybe at some point, like if there's a longevity award, we'll win that yeah. one. <laughs> we'll be the first inductee to the Hall of Fame of Market Research Podcasts. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited to see all the podcasters there because I listen to them just like everybody else does. Um, and it's cool what they're doing with the live podcast. There must be a section there that they've set up um, of people doing a live podcast and on certain topics. And um, another topic I'm really interested in is supercharging brand trackers with big data. I don't remember who's presenting this, but um, I'm a huge fan of this. Yeah, MarketCast, yeah. Um, so I like... You know, it's another one of those, I like all the words in this. I like the supercharged brand trackers. And I think that we're moving obviously towards, you know, brand trackers leveraging external data sources. And if there's big data out there, how do you kind of combine those? So I'm really kind of interested to see what they say about that. I'd say the same thing. Just like a, we know that trackers, just from our experience, right? So they're different animals altogether. And to hear a, a monster like market cast, kind of how they tackle these types of studies and, and what they're doing to kind of evolve yeah, you know, a study, those longitudinal studies that have been around forever. Um, you know, they need to evolve, right? We need to constantly be adding to and, and making making them better. So um, it'll be an interesting take to see how market ta- market cast, I should say, sorry, um, tackle those types of studies. Uh, another one we can't forget: how to improve sample quality. I don't know why that would be intriguing whatsoever. Yeah, you've got Vignesh and TMR in the same place at the same time. Two yeah. of America's most wanted. Am I just singing a, 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 like a Tupac song right now? I think I am. But again, anytime you can get those two in the same place at the same time, good things are going to happen. Yeah. And that is, I'm super, super excited to see how that session. Two of my favorite people in the industry. They're right. very different personality types. I think it will work together like magic though. Yeah. Chocolate and peanut butter coming together for something amazing. Um Tia, I watched a webinar with her with last week where she basically used the analogy, a metaphor of comparing professional survey takers to prostitution. And I'm a big fan of that. So you don't know what you might say on stage. <laughs> um, so she, she, is, she will have strong opinions on data quality. Her presentations have been um, um, talked about for years. And having got to know her over the past couple of years, she has a lot of passion around this. And when you have the um, the acronym for PNG beside your name, that's going to bring a crowd, and it carries a lot of weight in our industry. And then you have Vignesh, who is, I mean, he's become a friend, and uh, he was just on the podcast recently talking about this. He will come. Um, he's almost always the smartest person in the room on any topic, 
and he knows this space really, really well. So putting them two together, I'm glad you mentioned it because um, yes, it's obviously the number one session that I'll be at for sure. I'm probably in the front row and sneering at them and asking a lot of questions. Um, but yeah, I think we expect. Yeah, exactly. Do the same to us. Yeah, this is my chance to get Vignesh back for all those tough questions he asked on our webinars. Um, yeah, so that's clearly way at the top of the list for any every researcher should be in that session. Well, I, hey, close second, if not, I mean, maybe equally as important, the online sample fraud. Yeah. Right? You've got case. Yeah, case is there. Um, so the brands typically get to speak at IEX and I'm always there to act like I'm kind of part of the group. I always show up early and um, I know Bonnie Breslauer is going to be there and so I'll be hanging out acting like I'm a big wig with Case, but um, because we're part of the work and we're part of the team. And so the brands, again, carry a lot of weight and I'm not sure how much change there can be in our industry until the brands demand it. Yeah. Um, and so our job on Case is to provide the facts and um, be transparent and then let the brands decide, hey, we're not, we're not standing for this anymore or you all must do this and quality must improve and, or whatever it is. And so this is an opportunity for brands to get on stage and do that. And this was a great session a couple of years ago when they did it. And so I expect the same. Yeah, the only thing I would add there, um, I hated to see that it was 20 minutes. Yeah, I feel like that should be like an hour. Yeah. And I hated to see that it was at the time slot it was at the very end of the last day. A lot of people, you know, hopefully not, but a lot of people in that conference world, they tend to leave maybe halfway through the last day or three quarters of the way to see this at the end. I just feel like it could have been on the main stage for an hour first thing in the morning. Um, so again, hate to see the time slot, but hope that the involvement, like you mentioned, P&G, Ketchum, um, Lucy, all of those different types of companies that are involved there. Those are some big names and yeah. hopefully it's enough to keep, uh, keep people around later in the day. Absolutely. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that when they see that, because Case just did this similar topic with an Insights Association town hall that was really well attended. I think they had like upper limits of what they could have on there and everyone stayed the entire time and they're having a follow-up session. So I'm wondering if they put it there strategically to try to get people to stay to the end of the conference on that last day. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good point. Because as much as I'm sitting here saying, boy, I hate to see that time platform because I know people are, you know, tend to leave a little earlier on that last day. You're probably right. They probably did it strategically to keep folks around and to keep attendance high, you know, throughout the entire day. So uh, smart move if that's, if that was intentional. And um, Mary Beth Weber, I mean, Kudos to her to kind of leading case and starting case. She has a passion around data quality and she gets nothing out of this. Um, so she's really just doing it to improve quality in the industry. Um, Carrie Campbell and Tia Mauer, I got to work really closely with both of them as being kind of the part of the core team on the, the fraud data that we looked at and digital fingerprinting. Then Michael Lencore, he's been on a panel before. He's heavily involved in case. He's at Procter Gamble. And then Charles, um, who's at Ferrero, he was at the last webinar last week talking about data quality and he has a, a lot to say too. So the, a great panel. Hopefully people stay to the end, yeah. as y'all are saying. A um, couple other sessions that I liked and I'll just go quick. I know we're going really long. I like the um, session that's um, your online research is disqualifying those with disabilities. And this kind of gets back to the inclusion part of diversity inclusion. And I'm excited to see what they say there because uh, I'm sure that we have challenges with 
blind, deaf, and there's probably lots of other disabilities, and how can we be inclusive to incorporate their opinions? Super important. And so I'm excited about that to see what they say about that. And then behavioral data for enhanced insights. Um, that's the other one. I, I love how we're trying to integrate other data, um, not just survey data. So behavioral data, I think that's Bonnie Breslauer from Disco that's talking about that. So I'm excited about that one as well. Have you missed any of yours? I don't believe so. Um, no, we've got I, I, the only other two that I had on my list were the uh, the the one with Dynata. We we spoke about this kind of before we even yeah started getting into the podcast today. Was you know does the naked eye always beat an automated approach? Um, tend to agree, right? And company like Dynata has been involved and distanced itself from automation in in different ways. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see their take and where they're headed. And then of course the um, the B two B space again. I, I I tend to be a space that is always intriguing to me. It's how technology transforms B2B market research with Newton X. Um, definitely highly interested in that piece as well. More and more players are kind of popping up in that expert network space. Obviously with our you know new partnership with Vansery recently, it's going to be uh, top of mind for us and, and see what um, what's going on in that world. Very good. And we'll have some barbecue maybe in Austin. Yes. Some tacos or barbecue, maybe barbecue tacos. I don't know. X-Mex, barbecue tacos. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I think that is that hits all three that are coming up in April. So they have packed them back, back, back this year. So, but boy, how fortunate did we get though that? I mean, COVID. Sure, another variant might be on its way, but I'm not going to wood here that April looks like the lowest point we've had since the pandemic started, and we just happen to have three giant conferences going on back to back to back. And so I think we're we're going to pull it all off. Um, which is good for our industry. And then on the heels of that in May, a sample con. And hopefully after that, we can kind of get somewhat back to normal, right? Yep. So hopefully I'll get to, hey, if you're out there um, going to these conferences, stop by and say hi. I'd love to, to meet our listeners and, um, and uh, meet anybody, honestly. So hug, if, you're hug, if, if you're able to hug, we can hug. <laughs> just offering that up. Yeah, just, just, I'll just put that on my badge. I'm a hugger. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'll shake, I'll fist bump, I'll hug, I'll stay six feet apart, whatever people want. <laughs> just excited to be in front of them. I'm just excited to be around a giant crowd of people. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, reach out to Jason or I in Austin. I'll be in Philadelphia. Uh, Matthew and Andrew. Andrew will be in Chicago. And hopefully you get to run into one of us. And Tony's going to be in Austin too. So uh, a lot of our team will be out and about in, in um, those cities in April. So see you there. Thanks all. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.